Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. It is beautiful here, folks, and we've had a little rain the last few days, so God bless the rain angels. Good morning. It is the last day of August. 30 days has September. Yeah, it's when it's 31th of August. And this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Good morning. My name is Patrick Timpone. A little bit after 10 o'clock, we have an exciting guest for you. You're going to meet in just a moment. Sean Stone is into um, just a wide variety of some really fun things. I think you'll enjoy uh, hearing from him. I'm certainly looking forward to it. In about two hours or so, Martin Armstrong, one of the great financial gurus out there, and he has an AI thing called Socrates that he looks into Socrates' crystal ball, and we're going to ask him about things like inflation, you know, stuff like that, you know, stuff like that. On Friday, our regular Friday show of It Takes a Long Time to Get Young, which is the working title of my book and screenplay, It Takes a Long Time to Get Young. We do that every Friday, and we talk about why um, soul, mind, body stuff, and why aging is just made up, and, you know, so that's what we do. So we'll do that on Friday. Now, on to business. Mr. Sean Stone is a filmmaker. He is a author, a poet, a media host, and he has written several books, and one book on the New World Order, and I got a couple other ones here, but I'll get to them because my notes are just kind of sloppy. Um, he does some very interesting things with the workshops, too. The Art of Success, Heart Magic Workshops. He uh, directed his first feature, a Greystone Park, 2012, and that was into some cool paranormal experiences. He was a child actor in JFK. He was one of the sons of uh, uh, the Kevin Costner um, character, who was, uh, um, you know, that guy, Garrison, Garrison. Natural Born Killers, uh, he was a child actor in that one, both directed by his father, uh, legendary filmmaker and director Oliver Stone. Um, Sean Stone, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, you're looking good there. You must be eating right and living right. think so. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any special diet you do? Do Are you just... uh... Um, I would say that uh, we... I just came off of actually doing a, a juice fast about a month ago uh-huh. uh, after traveling in Europe. So uh, I would say that we, my, my partner, my girlfriend and I, we tend towards uh, paleo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really try to avoid, uh, you know, uh, for the most part, gluten, wheat, things like this. If I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm not like strict to it because I do believe in balance. And I think it's important for your system to be able to, you know, to know how to, to, to deal with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, modern world and the gmos so i like you know a little bit here and there i'll do uh, i'll do wheat and sugar yeah. and things like that for the most part um you know try to keep it uh pretty you know pretty much focused on proteins vegetables yeah. uh things like that yeah. more and more information is coming out we're looking at the carnivore thing i've been doing that for a while and it seems like meat's pretty pretty essential for humans it's yes it is i mean uh, i don't like to get into it because I know vegans get offended and all that, but uh, I know I've heard over the years just how many uh, people who are vegan for a while really had to break with it because um, they were missing a lot of uh, essential yeah. nutrients. Yeah. And uh, you know, you just—it's like, you know, you name it. Like, uh, I, I believe in balance. I, you know, animals—I love them. 
I believe energy is really where it's at. Um, there's a you know the traditional approach to uh, to killing animals was always meant to be done in a uh, a humane way, mm -hmm. humane manner, with prayer, for example, and that's still the tradition of uh, of halal or kosher, right? I mean, that's really based on the idea of a prayer, and uh, and I think there is in in inhumanity to how animals are being slaughtered, um, the factory farming. Um, so, you know, it's like if you're going to choose your protein, really go for uh, grass-fed organic as much as possible. You know, obviously, if you're eating out, you can always control it, but you always try to get, like, wild-caught, grass-fed organic, humanely treated animals. Um, because, yes, there is uh, inhumanity, and obviously that then is, you know, we talk about, like, uh, adrenochrome, right? The yeah. idea of uh, yeah. eating on the fear of adrenochrome is just, you know, people are talking about, like, trafficking of kids and feeding on their fear, but think about the fear of animals as they're being, you know, essentially tortured in these factory farms and slaughtered, that also generates adrenochrome. That also is something that we're essentially eating is their fear. So it's not only about, uh, how do you say, we, you know, we, we can get into this whole issue of you know, the, the, the cannibalism of, uh, of some elites, some people in this world, but, um, but fundamentally we have to be more humane and mindful in how we absorb the energy of uh, the creatures that we're eating and yes i mean there is a food chain right if it's not me it's going to be a wolf or a lion or some other predator um and so uh so you know i'm not i, I can't be opposed to to the eating of meat as long as this is the nature of our reality it's a feeding reality yeah sean stone is with us sean i was looking on your website this morning and you certainly got lots of curious things that you're doing in the term in the work of spirituality and you actually say on your website uh, above all, uh, what's well, something like above all, uh, spiritual seeker and uh, um, spiritual. I mean, this is really spiritual seeker and spiritual activist. Activist, yeah, spiritual activist. Yeah. So, uh, what do you? What do you? How would you describe spiritual growth for you? What does that mean to you? Spiritual growth. That's a good question. Um, Spiritual growth is essentially growth in mindfulness. It's to say that we become more mindful and aware of the energy that is existence. And I think that what the bridge, like scientifically in many ways, quantum physics has helped us to bridge, I would suggest, um, spirit and matter, right? Because essentially, not just quantum physics, but the whole revolution in physics that took place really starting in the 20th century, understanding um, that as Einstein's formula, you know, energy is basically what? mass times speed of life squares like the idea that there is energy and matter are interchangeable and that uh if we are you know literally start to look into the nature of material reality and understand that it's vibrational um, that it's vibrating particles that most of most of even though we may see a physical form we're mostly empty mostly emptiness right and uh so to me it's like when we get into this notion of how we are energy beings then the spiritual nature is wanting to become more in attuned to the energy that we are, and that you know that includes our body, our food, you know, the food obviously that, that we eat because that's going to become part of us, our physical makeup. Um, the the spiritual practices, be they meditation, prayer, uh, even energy practices, yoga, qigong, things like this, uh, and other traditions. There is an increasing awareness of the fact that we are simply energy and states of energy. And so 
that to me is what spirituality is about and the expanding awareness of spirituality then is to become more attuned to again the, the, the vibrating universe the living universe not the dead stagnant universe of many people that are stuck in belief systems that are based in things that you know that they believe that they may have read that they may have that may have been imparted to them traumas they may have experienced right uh ultimately to be a spiritual being to me is to be present to this moment because the truth of the universe is right here in this moment every moment moment by moment yes sir and that's to me like the key is is becoming more aware and present to this to this moment open to the experience and the potentialities that are available to us and the miraculous nature of it and so hopefully in that process of understanding these things we deepen in our sense of gratitude in our sense of uh, of love and the abilities that the power that we have to transmute our fear for example into love and to live with with a more open heart hmm. um, that's the intention well, of the spiritual well said spiritual. and and i suspect that you have found as many have when you're on this journey into the more of the nowness of time and not futurizing or pastizing i don't think that's a word whatever <laughs> um is that you have the ability to be productive you can do things right you can do things and you do a lot of things you know there's an old saying if you want to get something done ask a busy man right the more you do the more you do isn't it interesting yeah um it's like i believe that there's a shedding process that occurs in the sense that as we become more i think that as we tune to ourselves and to to, to our to our realities we become less concerned with things that are beyond ourselves which can oftentimes you know be burdens and um, it's funny because i just did a, a meditation on this topic this morning of letting go mm -hmm. right? um if and you know again, again if you can be if look if our ideal state would be like a totally energetic light body right just just emitting light because we're vibrating so fast we wouldn't hold on to anything all this you know all these things that we that we get caught up with you know i our uh, our fears our you know regrets our uh the, you know whatever our worldly things that were burdens things that we're holding on to i mean if we could really achieve obviously what like a, an awakened state would look like right like you know a buddha's a buddha's aspiration or a christed state of just total surrender and total you know obviously uh surrender to the, to to the moment and presence and awareness um it's not to say that we would not have anything to do we would obviously we would be more and in the process of being everything that we would think would probably be manifested more rap rapidly right sure. because we would be uttered and unburdened yes exactly so in many ways it's like it's not about being busy or not busy you know active productive more, productive it's about yeah i would say it's being true to your essential mm -hmm. nature and obviously in the process there are things that that we have to deal with i mean right if you're a homeowner or whatnot you know you got or you're in a business like there are things you have to deal with and attend to um, but we try to be more mindful in the process of attending to it one by one going through the practice almost as a as a as a uh as a tantra you would say like or a yoga i mean it's like being mindful of the breath being mindful of what we're doing not just doing it in a disassociated or disembodied state and i mean i'm not an, i'm not a, an expert and i'm not saying that i'm like a master in this sense but this is certainly where i'm striving to be mm -hmm. right is to 
mindful in how I show up without being triggered or frustrated by the experience yeah. of, yes, other people, uh, a reality that can, can sometimes, an external reality that can seem sometimes uh, befuddling. Uh, I mean, we've all experienced that, right? I mean, just think about the last two years <laughs> and how absurd the things that we've had to go through, right? The, the Simon says, you know, put on your mask. The Simon says, you know, you must comply. And, and you're seeing they just going like the absurdity of, of, of humans and their disconnection from, from themselves and from their true nature is so evident to me in these time periods when people are just in these absent states of whatever the commander tells me I will obey. I mean, to me, that's the most disconnected, disassociated thing possible because we are connected to God every moment. We're, you know, we're living, vibrating beings. Like we can transmute anything. We need to really connect to what health is. And instead people are walking around in total, you know, a total, you know, uh, disconnection from health. You know, they're they're just, you know, stick me with whatever you tell me and put this over my face and just, you know, I want to, you know, keep me keep me safe. You know, leave me alone. Uh, stay away from me. You know, I'll stay in my home. And all these 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 things that are the opposite of what health and life is, right? Sure. The death state actually that was that was fomented the last two years. And how many people fell into that trap? So that means that a lot of people are very, a lot of humanity is still very disconnected from their true nature. Do you, do you think it's part of your right livelihood or your mission this lifetime to explore that more deeply in films or whatever to help people understand what you just said? Certainly. I mean, it's been, my journey has been uh, about exploring reality as far as I'm concerned, right? Uh, because media, as you know, people always say, like, is art, is art follow life or life follow art? I mean, look, it's, it's reflexive. Our, our whole ex existence is reflexive, right? We think of something and and then all of a sudden that thought gets reflected back to us in a conversation or sure. in a book yeah. pick up, right? Or then it inspires a new thought and then it gets reflected back to us. I mean, this is the reflexive nature of our existence. So I've done, you know, my, uh, my first uh, feature film, as you mentioned, Greystone Park was about the haunted realm. It was about exploring the multidimensional nature of existence and that is purely energetic states. You start to feel like you start to feel the energy around you when um, things are manifesting in the phantom. We call phantoms, um, you know, uh, uh, possessions. I've seen people get possessed. I've had experiences with just high strangeness. Uh, <laughs> high strangeness. <laughs> yeah, high like strangeness. <laughs> great term. Um, and so, yeah, th these are you know that was my awakening, and I wanted to share that with people in that film. And then I went on to do documentaries. On a, on a host of subjects, but uh, Metahuman was a fascinating documentary with Deepak Chopra, where yes. we talked about the nature of consciousness itself and how really we are only consciousness. We can't really get a step outside of the consciousness and where does it originate from and how, you know, how, how do you say, how does it connect to others? I mean, there's these great mysteries of the human experience that uh, unfortunately a lot of people never even question or explore, you know, in their minds. They just literally like they wake up they they just you know they grab their pop tart or some other you know gmo sugar thing you know cereal. I mean, th think about like what they fit fed us as kids you know cereals in america right and all this crap gmo sugar um and you know fake milk and all that stuff that they give you and then it's like um you know basically it's like turn on the television what's in the news or open the newspaper oh that's what your reality is you know it's like uh what's that guy's name the comedian I'm blanking on his name, but he's like, you know, they're screaming fear, you know, terror, plague, this, and it's like, and then you look outside and it's just like, you hear the crickets it's, and you hear the birds. It's, it's You're like, pretty nice. oh wait, yeah. this is my reality. My reality is right here. It's not out there, you know, where the media tells me to look. 
and that's the game. So that's why I've been fascinated by, in a sense, having been grow having grown up in the realm of media, understanding how this manipulation works and how it's fundamentally the attention that the that the, that the magician wants to wants to you know direct your energy towards or your you know right direct your mind towards, so that they can then pull their tricks. They can then set up set the stage for their for their tricks, but they have to direct your attention here and then direct your attention there. And my mission and message has always been take the power back to yourself. I mean, bring it, bring your awareness back to you and what's in your reality. And obviously if you're fascinated, obviously it, it, I, I would urge you to, to explore things and to learn, but actually like, you know, seek to study things. Don't just take my word for it or take the magician's word for it or take, you know, the, whatever that, that bot, you know, that's on television reading from the script. Don't take his word for it. You know, have a lived experience of your life. Come back to who you really are and what resonates with your soul's truth, with your heart's passion and, and purpose. These are the things that that I'm I'm interested in. So yes, I do I do storytelling, and I've also been offering workshops lately. Mm -hmm. um, one's called the Art of Success. The other one is called Heart Magic, because uh, uh, you know I'm offering tools, techniques, you know, visualization exercises, question questions, you know, interactive questioning to get people to really reflect. And to see their reality differently. Yeah. It, it seems like the human condition for many lifetimes that we have gone along with just, you know, observing these thoughts. And in my opinion, these are more than just thoughts, and we could talk about it. But, um, and then that's their, their way of thinking. But you're, but I, I believe that we're, we are most powerful when we really contemplate on what life is. We think about it. Is that, could that be true? Is that possible? Is that true? I mean, this is really like talking to God, right? This is well, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Does that resonate it's, with you? Well, it's, it's a continuous. I mean, to me, it's just a continuous contemplation. I guess it's just the way my mind works, and obviously, everyone's mind works differently. The question is, can how do you say when people are ready? You can't really force people to no. awaken, right? Yeah. You can't force them to take the pill. Um, so for me, it's always just been a question of let me do my do my thing, which is I'm going to contemplate, I'm going to mm -hmm. interview that are interesting to me and ask questions and have discussions. And, you know, to me, it's like filmmaking, whether it's documentary or feature film, there's a dialectical process to it, right? The nature of dialogue is di supposed to be dialectical. A lot of garbage television now or films now, it's like there's just a lack of curiosity or innovation, it feels, mm -hmm. in the dialogue. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like the, the dialectic is creates conflict so the great aspect of drama has always been this notion of creating conflict such that we can come to a new understanding yeah right a new perspective and understanding a new plateau right we go to a, a new yeah and like we climb the mountain and it, there's resistance when you're climbing right there has to be resistance to move forward you can't progress without resistance then you just you would just slide inertly and um <laughs> And you know, it might it might feel good for some period of time, but uh, there needs to be some level of resistance to to grow, right? And uh, yeah, yeah. And that creative yeah. process in that nowness, I think that we we have access to information and and uh, insights that are more on the spiritual level that we actually download. That's what it feels like to me that I'm not thinking about it, you know. Just and uh, it appears to me, my opinion, that Hollywood is doing the opposite most of what Hollywood's doing. They're just repeating the same story. You know, a detective does this and then they change the name and a different plot. And it's pretty 
pretty boring stuff, really, what's coming out right now. You know, for me, a big aspect, a big issue, and, you know, from when I was a kid growing up in Hollywood, seeing, I wasn't in Hollywood, really, but, like, I let's say my father was making films that were part of that, that system. And he, uh, he had the courage to tell stories that were, mm. uh, yeah. you know, more authentic, that were challenging the system, right? Whether it was about Vietnam, whether it was about... Uh, JFK. The, the assassination, whether it was about Nixon's presidency. It was like... Uh, a certain courage that it takes and and yet you see most films that were just playing they, like there's a lack of interest in in history there's a lack of interest in the nature of history it's mm -hmm. almost just like a lot of people that i mean look you've got a culture that that makes 300 right the movie 300 which is a great you know it's a great fantasy of <laughs> the spartans fighting right i mean it's it's a comic book movie right but i mean truly a lot of people <laughs> they don't really think about history more more in a many more profound way than than 300 and so, um, you know, partly I think that's why Alexander, you know, my, my father's from Alexander didn't do so well. I mean, some people think it was because it depicts Alexander being homosexual, but I think more in more deep way, it just people aren't interested by, or at least, you know, en masse aren't history, interested by, by history. They want the, uh, you know, the Troy, the, what was it, Troy, you know, the, that kind of, that version, that rendition, right? Um, it's and it's sad. Like even this new movie Prey, that's about uh, supposed to be a predator movie, and it's supposed to be about the uh, Comanche culture of the 18th century. And there's no Comanche culture in the movie. The Comanche have seen <laughs> it, but the Comanches are depicted like it's like Twilight or something. I mean, mm. it's just like you know, it's like the guys are you know teasing the girl and being mean to her because she wants to be a warrior. And of course, it's like totally like the woke, like the female warrior is going to defeat the predator. Right. But. Like there was no respect for the males or the elders in the film. There was no appreciation for Comanche uh, spirituality. It was absent. I mean, the whole notion of like to me of Native American culture is there's like an awareness of of land and uh, of spirit, and it was just like gone from this movie. I mean, the guys were so dumb. It was you know, like <laughs> clearly you have some predator that's like slicing snakes in half, and the guys are you know these guys are tr truly. I mean, the Comanche warriors were tremendous they were firing i mean I've, I've heard that they could fire like almost like almost a bow a second i mean they were hmm. serious wow. these were great they basically the comanches would have probably can continue to defend their themselves and their land arc it was until the the, the uh, guns became faster once you got past the rifle which was as you know you had to reload once you started getting to the the the, the speed of a revolver and then a gatling gun and things like this obviously then then they could no longer fight it but before that, I mean, these guys, these are some of the, the toughest warriors. And the way that it depicted in this movie was just like, it was so disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. And this it was like a white, it was like a white woke perspective on, hey, at least including the Comanches in this movie. And, you know, and, and, and then the Comanche female is going to defeat the predator. And it's just like, but you're, you don't even like, you're not even respecting yeah, not even how there. they were. So, their understanding of, of hunting of nature. So, Sean, do you think this whole woke thing that's going on in Hollywood um, is just going to keep getting more woke until they explode, implode, and then there's going to be a I new there's going to be a new right? uh, there's going to be a new thing rising somewhere of, of awake people doing really good films? Possible? I, I I think so. I think that there's a real conflict here. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, I'm I'm concerned concerned about the youth i think a lot of it has been gmo a lot of kids been fed sure. gmo 
men's testosterone levels have dropped. I'm sure you've seen those statistics sure. over the years. And so it's inevitable that a lot of kids are growing up just sort of brainwashed. I mean, look, they're going to class with their with their masks on. They're being told, you know, you have to identify if you're a, a him or a her. I'm like, why do you have to identify that? And let, you know, if you're transgender, <laughs> I understand. You know, you say, look, I, I don't identify as this. That's fine. But why do I have to tell you that? You should look at me and assume that I'm a man unless I tell you otherwise. I mean, why do I have to go around putting pronouns? That's crazy. That's like, I have to go out and say, I'm going to put, you know, I'm I'm white. You know, it's like, do I have to identify as white? I'm a mixture of many European countries. Do I have to then, you know, basically put that on my bio? White male. (laughs) Him, her. Him, he. White male. You know, you have to put your ethnic, you know, ethnic, gender, uh, sexual identity. You have to put all that together. Like, really? Or can we just be, you know, be the human being that I am? Which is dynamic. Right. It's a dynamic, diverse thing. I mean, Obama may look black, but he's half white. Like, let's be honest, right? Like, a lot of people are like, we're mixed. You know, we're mixed culturally. Like, let's, we got to get past a lot of the simplification that's going on. Right. Based on. So do you think you're going to be able to help bring this out with your filmmaking? Because it sounds like it's a real passion for you to help people wake up. Yeah, I think it's. I think I believe that I'm. I'm. I'm doing my my work, my dharma, mm-hmm. through film, mm-hmm. through interviews, mm-hmm. through uh, media in general. Like you know, it's always been my passion. Sure. Right. The last documentary that I put out was a docu series called Best Kept Secret. Man, that is so cool. I just. Oh, I haven't seen it all, but it's. Wow, what a job you did on that. There's six episodes, right, folks? You need to watch this called The Best Kept Secret. And I think it's on I- Iconic, or David Icke's place, uh, 107. Yeah, it's on 107 Daily. It's on Iconic, Vimeo.com. Video. Just, uh, Vimeo On Demand, if you just go to Vimeo On Demand. Or, or my website really is the best place to get links to everything. Yeah, this which is seanstone.info, right? Yeah, yeah, that's easy. And yeah. uh, this is a this is an amazing. It's like the red pill gone steroids, baby. It's like really cool. How long did it take you to put that thing together? What yeah, is, that was an intense. That was an intense process. It's yeah. you know, if you as you've seen the, the the documentary, a lot of the interviews, not all. There's new there's new interviews as well, but a lot of the older interviews um, come from my show Buzzsaw, uh-huh. which I did for many years for YouTube and then for Gaia. And um, so you could say that essentially this was something that was at many years, it was like a decade in the making or more because I had been interested by things like the Franklin scandal, you know, the Franklin cover up of, of the child sex trafficking mm-hmm. being done in, in Franklin, Nebraska. And then obviously, and it was beyond that because the kids were being trafficked to, uh, to DC and other places uh, for, for pedophiles for pedophilic purposes and um, so I'd been interested in that story and I'd done interviews with people like Nick Bryant on um, also I'm watching the Hawks on the RT show mm-hmm. so a lot of interviews came from different places you know that I had been doing this work and laying groundwork for essentially what I believed when 2020 rolled around right at the beginning of the pandemic I said you know the next documentary really should be about how humans are essentially enslaved still and it's like you know it's like this word enslaved like it's it's not just there's human trafficking which is like physical slavery and there's debt slavery as we know right yeah, the, the money yeah never being able to get out of debt and then there's mental slavery and energetic slavery yes sir who can't think for themselves they can't step outside of that box that they've been put in they can't actually see the world through their own lens without basically being we talked about you know the world that's been 
told to us as opposed to the energetic world that is vibratory and we don't see most of it right we don't see most of existence we see less than whatever less than one percent of the electromagnetic spectrum um and so we're having this interface with reality that we are not intuiting enough we're not trusting ourselves to intuit as we maybe we did more as children and people that are sensitive they still i feel the energy and we make fun of it a lot of times you know you see culture and media all make fun of that oh they're they're a wimp whatever that's you know that's that's weird that's but it's like no the sensitivity is not a bad thing it's it's actually it's how you're supposed to be in the world because we you know we we basically have evolved you know as far as our natural environments go to have such sensitivity to be able to stay like hmm i'm picking up that something's off you know and whether it's a predator like someone's energy you know they're just a mm -hmm. weird mm -hmm. weird energy i don't vibe with you know that that could be a predator that can be a sociopathic being it could be someone that's demon possessed fundamentally it's like it, it our inner our inner standing has to know and recognize threats in our physical world in our social environments and a lot of this has been dumbed down and, and basically tuned out of us such that we're just meant to like live on the surface and just trust the surface of things yes. and to me this is all the, this is all you know i would say like a fundamentally a satanic agenda which is against life yes, yeah. you know against the nature of how we how life works life works by intuiting by, by being instinctual um by having an inner perspective and a connection to our creator that all beings have and a lot of this is, again is being neutered out of us <laughs> so so these forces are i think these forces are just trying to not have us do this right this is what satan is or the devil or whatever right but haven't they always been here on planet earth and now they're just more of it or maybe we just know more of them because of the internet i don't know mixture of things absolutely it's a mixture of factors mm -hmm. i think that yes they have always been here that's true always. um or at least let's say in the recorded history yeah. I mean, it's like the, the myths of atlantis talk about sure. uh the technology getting out of control and also according to the um emerald tablets of thoth right that's where this just actually comes from you know how much this is true it's intuitively this makes sense to me it's like the idea of a a dark they call it like a serpent or a reptilian force that essentially they were magicians dark magicians coming in and influencing mm -hmm. the culture and the technology to basically be used almost uh in a, in a dark in a way that was against life and yes, that's sir. why this nation sank and i think that's the moment we're at now is very much atlantis redux that's why a lot of people that are incarnating in these times have we've an been there right yeah i think we've all been there <laughs> yeah yeah it's like we basically are like okay we've been to atlantis we've been through atlantis right. we remember that experience and we're holding that memory in on our soul mm -hmm. so that we can avert that this time yeah it won't be the collapse of the entire civilization now yes these smart cities what's being done the technology has now again evolved to a place where they can create these these grids you know electromagnetic frequency grids within the concrete structure of cities that's magnifying the the, the emfs that they're broadcasting and then you're getting in the total surveillance culture the chipping the the merging of humans with 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 machinery it's called transhumanism right mm -hmm. all this this is happening but simultaneous to that you have people that are saying hey you know what waking up yeah. i'm good yeah. i'm moving away from that i'm going back to yeah. land i'm connecting to nature i don't want to be part of that matrix and so you have a splitting i think that's taking place and and it'll be very interesting to see what comes in this 
in this century alone. And uh, I think we're just creating our own reality more and more, and we'll hang out with people that we have fun with and we like, and they'll be in our reality, we'll be in theirs. Yeah. And, you know, my opinion, when we're in reality, Sean, I don't think the other reality even exists. I mean, if you really look yeah. at it from a holographic, you know, David Icke idea, our reality is the only thing that exists. And these right. guys don't even exist, and they're out there saying, no, look at me, look at me, look at me. You know, I, you know, jump into my reality, and then this is what we do, like when we go on the internet and start thinking about some dumb stuff going on, right? We just dump in the, their own well, reality. This is exactly why, as I was saying before, the consciousness war is so important. It's so important that we get hold of our minds yes, and our sir. attention because whenever we're interfacing with something that becomes part of us, energetically, then we're, we're in rubbing it, it. Right, we're in it. Right? Yeah, we're merging with it. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're now if your power, like as you as you become more powerful and more aware of your energy, I believe you have the power to transmute it. Sure. So there is a process of actually like interfacing with things that are very dark. And this is why I've not shied away from going into places of, you know, how crazy, you say, crazy of, land. Yeah, crazy land. And like yeah. just bringing, bringing a whole new level of love and, and, and high vibes to it. And I feel that I can, I have that ability. And I think most of us have that ability. Mm -hmm. Not all of us have that ability. When we become conscious, when we start to become more integrated and whole, yes, sir. and say, okay, there is a darkness within me. If I, the more I can integrate that into, you know, into myself and not see it as this detached or separate from me, but actually part of me, right? And I can hold that that darkness. Then the more, in a sense, I believe that I that we can simultaneously at least transmute the external reality. Well said. Right? So that's not reacting to it. You can look at the dark stuff and say, well, that's interesting. You know, it's got to be part of me if I'm looking at it, right? It has to right. be, right? So, as an energy, I mean, yeah. that's not to say like you know, I'm, not, mm. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to like rape children or do things right. or drink with children, which obviously we know occurs in this existence. And mm -hmm. yet, and yet, I'm eating. Like, let's say I'm eating, I'm eating an animal, right? And or you know, even people eat veal they eat babies you know baby animals they eat baby cows i'm, I'm not a fan of veal or, or right. like baby you know, baby newborn lambs you know things like this but like the point is that's that's okay that we think that's okay because it's a different species and yet it's still the, the notion of eating a child now take it to like go to pork how close is pork to human pork as we know pigs are so close uh, DNA wise, they put pig so hearts and pig I, valves and all these things, right? Yeah. As you know exactly, you can put pig skin, pig yeah. skin, and hearts exactly into the body. And I think this is why in Jewish and Islamic tradition, you're not supposed to eat pork. That's what they tell you. Is that where that came from? That idea? Yeah. I believe intuitively, at least, or whatever that was. Like essentially, they knew that mm. pigs are very close to humans, as are apes. So it's like again, there's there's a darkness in us, every one of us. And it's not, it's not, this is not a judgment, you know, it's not to say like no. every one of us is Hunter Biden, but understand that the path of what became Hunter Biden could have been any one of us. If we were living with this sick Joe Biden as a father and, you know, being compared to Bo Biden, who was basically like, you know, this war hero that was like the favorite son, right? And you're Hunter and you're basically have a weird sick father who may have molested your sister as a child and you know you name it just the corrupt fundamentally corrupt human being as joe biden is 
and that's your father and you basically live in that reality you grew up in that reality you want to prove prove yourself in that reality you want to go out there and cut deals and say hey i'll get a deal for you dad like i'm going to make money for the family i can understand you can see how that would work exactly that could that could have been me yeah maybe not my soul my soul maybe it doesn't resonate fully with that it's probably why i didn't choose that, that. <laughs> probably like anyone else my soul didn't resonate with anyone else my soul chose this this form this experience this soul family my parents whatever my mm-hmm. lineage mm-hmm. but there's darkness in my lineage there's darkness in everyone's lineage so we have to own that it's like you know they say like you know but by the grace of god go i like that yes, could sir. be me yeah. and we have to get past this fundamentalist judgment oh that person's damned they're going to hell it's like no it's not that simple yeah i agree (laughs) it's really teaching us compassion sean isn't it to have compassion for these crazy people you know they're in pain my god i mean you can imagine the pain they're in you know yes exactly it's compassion Mm -hmm. and understanding and again ultimately it's like it's like the i don't know if you know it's like you go through that that experience of like an ayahuasca journey or some some Mm -hmm. journey of consciousness and you understand that the death feeds life the suffering in a sense the suffering feeds our growth because ultimately it makes us wiser yeah right well, like just, what is the wise just like in like story an, an obstacle stuff. makes it makes the hero stronger right just like mm-hmm. good story you know the whole yeah of course mm-hmm. the ability to take pain you yeah. know it's like what is birth birth is a painful bloody process <laughs> right no man can understand what it what it is to give birth and yet you know we can appreciate like that so that the suffering the pain of giving birth and in many ways i feel like this is what we're going through right now i feel like we're going through a huge birth process of a new awakening kind of dimension of reality for humanity a new experience of humanity becoming more aware of we talked about the beginning the energetic realms it's only beginning the revelations about extraterrestrials and extra dimensional beings and all this it's like it's coming back this is old knowledge yeah it's that always been around so yeah, the, these two different realities are have to be able to exist in alongside one another right a golden age and the crazy crazy land going on now because we're not going anywhere right, right? we're not going to go over there my my ultimate feeling is that dimensionally there will have to be a splitting I don't think that they'll be able to, to coexist. It will be like, how do you say? I think that's that reality will be low vibration that it will ultimately collapse. Nature will destroy. Oh, it. I see. It'll implode on itself, right? It will either be exactly. It will be a. It will be a, a transitional phase. What we're going. I believe what we're living through is a trans, age of transition. Mm-hmm. And tra- transitional phases, I would say anywhere from thirty to seventy years. But hopefully, you know, with the 30 years would be, would be nice or less, would be great. But the transitional phase is exactly what you're talking about, where these things coexist. What happens, though, is that the energy of what they're, what they're perpetuating is, is so antithetical to nature that ultimately this is still God's universe. This is a living universe. It's like uh, the Tower of Babel collapsing or mm. the floods being wiping out things, right? It's like nature basically says, you know what? I'm going to break through the concrete that you, you know, you've been laying all this concrete. I'm going to break through it now. And so there's, to me, it's like, there's an inevitability. It's already decided where we're going. We are becoming 
uh, more holistic beings. We're not becoming more divorced from from our na- from nature and our nature. All this, you know, yeah, divorce yourself from your nature. You know, ch- change change your 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 whole uh, genetics. Change your genetic structure. Change mm-hmm. your biochemistry. Everything, right? Change your hormones. <laughs> change your change your sex you know change this change uh, change the nature of reality change the fr- the frequency of reality change i i just don't think it will last it can't because it, it can't hold on it won't be strong enough to hold it's like you know you got to create build a tree on a plant a seed it's got to be earth it's got to it's got to grow naturally organically yes, all this quick fix stuff all this gmo crap like it just can't it can't hold in god's universe because it's not truth, right? And truth will eventually just destroy right. itself, right? Just eat itself right. up some way. Right. You know, just, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 not strong. It's not built. It's not it's not organic. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a, it won't be strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you, have you had some of uh, your own spiritual, personal kind of awakenings, out of body experiences, or dream cool dreams, or anything? Oh man, I mean, my dreams every night are cool. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I, I go so I go so far um, in terms of like my dreams and my inter- interactions and the insights that come through my dreaming. Um, I have I don't know if I astral project. I've I haven't had like a conscious experience right. necessarily of astral projecting, but um, I just would say that yeah, I've had so much high strangeness. I want to put out a documentary eventually. Uh, Hi, strange. I like that word. (laughs) Yeah, about a dozen years ago now. It's been a long time. You know, my theory, for what it's worth, I've studied dreams, Sean, for a long time, and I know it's not the um, Freudian thing where your mind is just spitting out stuff. I think it is a other reality, and we are there, and it is as real as this, in my opinion. That's my experience. That's my experience. It's real. It's real. I... Every now and then, I, every now and then, I get caught. I was reading an article about Hillary Clinton, and I just, I get about five seconds. I kind of, you know, you know, said something negative about her to myself. Oh, that's great. And then that night, I had a little experience with her, and I talked to her in the dream state. And and I think that we work out these karmic things that we create ongoing. That's you know so funny. I saw her the other night in my dreams. Yeah. And it was like it was actually like a very pleasant dream yeah it was like a so totally was mine. different yeah different aspect of her yeah and i believe that you know i think that's the, the truth of, of people is that oftentimes you know this uh, the, I, you know I, I think the person that that she was in 92 is is different than the person now right it's like the soul has been co-opted and and <laughs> um then just sort of coerced and i, I think it's with bill probably it's like you know unfortunately a lot of people are just they check out at different levels and allow other things to sort of take over. And, um, and yet if you get back to like their essence, you know, we're all, we're all made of the same stuff. We're yeah. all made of the same. We're thing, all souls, you know, so right? We're all ours, souls. Right. And yeah. so it's like, I think that fundamentally it's just the fall. It's true. The false, the story of the fall is very real to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Falling of, into density and to getting into like co-opted by density, by material realities, the allure of it, the power, the influence, the the sex appeal, the money—all these things. Like, yeah, it's it's it really can uh, ha- be- burden us and weigh us down. That's why I was talking about the beginning as yeah. well. Like, it's to lighten up, not to be attached, to really just be present, be light. Just don't get hung up with the heaviness of this, of the the density of this reality. Yeah. To 
I think one of the big keys for me is to not to react to things and let make other people react to what I'm saying. You know, right, right, yeah. In my spiritual path, there's a thing called baragi, barag, and these masters, and the idea is to not to be for or against anything. Right. Pretty trippy, right? When you really think of that, because. I think that's that's the essence of of life, right? Consciousness is that we have to realize that there is polarity and they're necessary. Right? And so there is a certain like how do you say? There is a certain inevitability to things. And the question becomes how can you write it and how can you work with that energy, right? So it's almost like the masterful um, the mastery of judo, for example, right? The mastery of, of tai chi. It's like moving the energy and working with it, and not being opposed to it. Yes, it's like yeah. okay, how can I work with right, the energy right. and play with it? Yeah, right, and, and still keep moving though. I like that. So yeah. I'm not so simple as to say like, well, you know, I'm, uh, I love everything that's going on, but I can accept it in a sense. I yes, can accept yeah. it as something that is that has positives and negatives within it and we can work with those positives and negatives towards fomenting something and creating something new more towards what i would my my ideal right yeah which is a state of you name it just (laughs) higher vibration you know you you, the the efficient use of technologies and energies um right like uh, consideration and respect for other people and their sovereignty but also like creating conscious community intentional community through economy and things like this so we can again like i, I do believe there's a more ideal way of living but I'm, i can't at the same time say like well I'm, I'm totally opposed to everything now because there is a there's a logic to how things are how they how they've gotten this way and and then also the dark side again is like helping us to to evolve it's prompting yeah. our maturity it's teaching us to, to teach us that maybe that's not where i want to be but i don't have to be angry or try to kill those people and all that it's just let them alone and yeah. work with them you know work like you say yeah. i like the jujitsu or idea almost like the bullfighter too you know the way he deals yeah. with the way he deals with the bull you know um, exactly it's kind of a nice nice stance you know right. so so in the current state do you think there is a, a political or judicial situation to this government which seems to be totally upside down well the beautiful thing to me is it's helping people i believe recognize the futility the arrogance and ultimately i would say the fraudulence of the federal government i think that we're at the at the point where it has to there has to be an end to our um to this federal system it's grown just not working it's gone out of proportion it's gone out of control you know, since the Civil War, uh, we've basically lost the appreciation for states' rights. And then since the First World War and the creation of the Federal Reserve, it's just been this explosion. Of, yes. You know, federal, the federal government spending, uh, you know, obviously it's gone into how many trillions, countless trillions of dollars of debt, um, unpayable, you know, essentially the... Uh, Never going to pay, right? Never. Loaded. Yeah, it's not meant to be paid back. It's just meant to be left upon us to be taxed in that you know forever but again even the idea of income taxes is a fraud i think that we got to get away from this concentration of power in the federal system yes Uh, bring the energy back to local levels to state levels um it's just it's just gone out of control the federal government so people hopefully are starting to realize that 
they've been, I mean, they realized it for decades. It's funny because the left used to, at some levels, be more skeptical, I think, of the government. Uh-huh. And somehow it's shifted to like trusting the government. I guess the left in many ways, how do you say? I guess, the, I don't know. It's like, it's weird because if I think about like the left, I guess, has always in many ways like wanted a bigger government. But uh, I would say, like, they used to be a little bit more skeptical of, like, invasions of civil liberties, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of gone. But, um, yeah, I guess the idea of, like, the left trusting this big bloated government and just saying, hey, fix everything with more taxation. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, the federal <laughs> government's causing so many of the problems in the first place. And, uh, yeah, fixing it is not going to be taking more out of your pocket. Um, yeah, so It was oh, great. I the uh, What was that, the latest yeah. bill, Sean, of... Uh, um, Inflation reduction bill or something like that, $700 billion worth of just, you know, money. Who knows where it's going to go? Who knows? Yeah. No one knows. Money money point. laundering, right? When the federal government spends money. I mean, it's like, it's just funny because, you know, even when I was a kid, we used to like, a lot of, it's, to me, it's just, again, like there's a lack of common sense. Like when I was 13 years old, I figured out, my friends and I would talk about this, that the pharmaceutical gov- companies we're not invested in curing anything. They're like, they're never going to cure. We're like, we figured out, like, they're never going to cure cancer. They're never going to cure. <laughs> when you're 13, like, you got this? Yeah, we go like, when there's no money in that. The money is in treating. And so it's like, they're going to make their money by tr- by giving you pills and treatments and that there's no, there's no money. Like, we figured that, we, we knew that. We didn't, tr- like, so it's like fundamentally you don't trust pharmaceuticals as a result. You know, in high school, we we're talking about like the federal government spends money, like they spend like a million dollars on hammers and toilets and things like this. You know, they just, they're, they're, the government is so bloated and just expensive. It's like we didn't trust it. So now, like 20 plus years later, to come to like the fact that people are still in this like loop of just, okay, well, I guess if we just throw more money at it, it'll fix the problem. It's like, no, that doesn't fix the problem. You know, it's like it's like the contractor that you hired, and like the whole basically it's like, you know, you basically spent every, you know, you spent the original uh expected budget. And like he basically is like put up like a basic skeleton. And it's like, yeah, it's going to cost you more. Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep hiring you. you. Can't even get you know, you can't even uh, build you know according to your to your budget. Like I'm going to spend more money. Just you know, why should I trust you at this point? You have to at some point break your trust. And that's people in the business realm understand that. But for whatever reason, there's this idea of like the federal government will fix it. They'll take care of it. It's like no, <laughs> just not going to happen. And on the other side of it, I think there's 100 million Americans who really think that this fellow, like Donald Trump, uh, is going to come and save their lives. And I think they're on shaky ground there, in my opinion. I don't know. You know, I don't want to talk about politics, but it's crazy because it's all performance art. But you know what I mean? It's like, who knows? I think the problem problem that a lot of people get into is there's just like, there's a despair otherwise. And hope you don't have gotta, something to, to hope for. You got to go through that despair. Yeah. I think that it's important because ultimately that's where you find your inner power and the realization yes, sir. that the power is in me. It's in no, it's nowhere else. And I got to manifest and I got to change things and I got to, you know, basically uh, visualize a greater, a greater future, not wait for someone else to come and do it for me. Yes, that's the lesson, right? That's the lesson in this yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I mean, it's like. You know, it's scary. It's scary to think that you have this crooked uh, federal government that uh, it basically is is destroying and bastardizing every you know everything that we thought of trampling it. What's left? Obviously, it's been a gradual process of trampling our constitutional rights sure. from from the war on drugs to the Patriot Act 
to the war on terror and the surveillance culture. Like, it's just our, our rights have been trampled. Uh, and the spending, as we talked about, has been ridiculous, so gross. So there is a fear that comes in, like, who's going to counter this at the federal level? And I think that's where, you know, people like Trump and others, you know, again, I do have faith that there are there are good people you know, we're called white hats or whatnot that mm. do have to see this, that are opposed to this. Um, but if we can't get hold of the federal government, just bring it back to the yeah. states. There's a lot of people talk about here. the white hats. Do you think there are forces behind, Sean, that they really want to do something and try to do something politically with somebody to help save this whole thing? I believe that. Do you? Yeah, I believe that. I think that there are, I think there are a lot of patriots. My faith is in patriots. Mm-hmm. People that have seen how disgustingly corrupt this thing is, and look—I mean, everything is showing itself, right? I mean, look at everything. the Cheney. Everything. The Cheneys, the Cheneys have shown themselves. We've, you know, we've known about this obviously, but finally, it's like, like it's the Bushes, the Clintons, like all these, you know, the Pelosi people—they're like, just revealing themselves as they really are. So, um, I fully, I believe that there are, that there are patriots. I think there are good people that have been in the system for a long time. And it's truly like the war that we're, that we're experiencing at the level of our families, the level of our friends, mm-hmm. right? What side you're taking? It's the same at every level, through the government, through the states. It's it's every it's a civil war. This is truly civil war. Mm-hmm. We're living it. You wrote a whole book on the New World Order. Actually, your thesis was on the New World Order, right? <laughs> and so uh, these people, whoever they are, they seem to be controlling everything the wars the the money uh the media um so if we're writing a movie about this how are we going to defeat the the uh, <laughs> the antagonist at the end in act three you know i mean um i believe that um freedom the human spirit. The human spirit, you and I being free. You and I being free. Yeah, the human spirit is what defeats it. Mm-hmm. Every empire. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's like the empire cannot can only stand so long with its manipulation of truth, manipulation of money, you know, manipulation of, you name it. Like, it can only go so long. Eventually, there's there are, there are conditions that are that are created that humans are saying, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I'm just right? not going to do it. Part of this moment, right? It's <laughs> revolt. Say, so, okay, we're, we're either fighting you or we're moving to a different place, and that's what happens. I mean, already you're getting the relocation of peoples. New ideas are going to be are being born. Will continue to be born. Decentralization of money, of economics, right? Sure. Everything. So. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. I just feel like naturally there's a you know a good story. You can't you can't jump to the ending. You gotta let it play out. <laughs> That's right. Can't jump right really. to the end and do it. Right. So we just be right. here and be ourselves and uh, and uh, see where it goes. Well, we're, yeah. we're we're in great shape here in Texas. You guys in Florida are doing good, right? We got yeah. some pretty good. Yeah, we're doing good. Some pretty good people good. and everybody and their brothers moving here. But what the heck? We can we can, we have lots of room in Texas. Mm-hmm. So, what's next for you as far as your filming thing? Do you have another uh, feature in mind? Are you going to do more um, documentaries? Well, I can't tell anything until uh, we're in the can or you know yeah. closer to let's say being in that point. So, 
just for now, I think, you know, people should check out what I've done. Sean.info, yeah. all the, the documentaries, the films, the, uh, the workshops, the books. And, uh, you know, I got new interviews right now with uh, Patreon and Iconic. Uh, we have, so we put them out on different platforms. And that's all linked to my website as well. And what kind of people are you? Who are you? Kind of people are you? Oh man, with? we just had great interviews with um, Whit uh, Whitney Webb about oh, Epstein's cool. yeah. book, Anna uh, cool. Lucas. Anna Lucas, the ritual. She's a survivor of ritual satanic abuse. Hmm. Uh, the uh, got Alex, just got Alex Jones. He'll be the next one. Alexander Dugan, the philosopher, the Russian philosopher whose daughter was just killed. Yeah. Uh, wow. A terrorist. And, um, uh, so many great 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 guests on this uh interviews program it's called so you're gonna have alex on soon huh yeah 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 oh he's great he's a trip i remember alex uh, sean here in austin and uh, this was 30 years ago he was on the the you know the what do they call it the access tv remember when cable came out they had access tv and you could just go do your oh, own you show he, yeah you could just That's do your cool. own show and alex would come on and he would just and just rant you know for, for an hour 30 years ago 30 he was into so this crazy. stuff yeah so great yeah yeah love it well i think what uh, what's going it'll be it should be a great interview because what's going on with him is a real very important right with the people trying to shut him down yeah oh sure but he's got a bestseller right now you yep. guys should check that that's uh it's pretty cool all right mr sean thank you for being here it's a, a really pleasure good job you're looking good you seem like you're just moving on onward through the fog <laughs> Appreciate it. Absolutely, I'm doing. I'm I'm doing it, keeping yeah. on, and uh, yeah, just keeping the faith. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate you being here. Bye bye. Got it. Thank bye. you. Bye bye, Sean Stone, Patrick Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com, and uh, good guy. Huh? We will see you in. Um, let's see. See you in an hour. See you in an hour with um, Martin Armstrong. And so stay right there and have some fun. From the Hill Country in Texas, broadcasting worldwide, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.